to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Again, I hope that you're having a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in His Word. I hope that you're diving deep into some of the studies that we've been doing here in Season 2 of A Path to Redemption. I hope that you're continuing to grow and really understanding how your iniquity and how the how your own flesh and your own self is oftentimes your own worst enemy and how it has to be dealt with and how Christ has dealt with it according to the cross. Amen. So we're going to continue on that theme. And last week we kind of talked about the cup of the Lord and how the cup of the Lord has also been placed before us because we all have a call. We all have a purpose. The same way that Christ had a call and had a purpose. And we must drink of the same cup that Jesus drank from. But we're also going to break down what the cup of the Lord is because there's a couple of different parts to the cup of the Lord, four parts to be exact. And we're going to take a look today at the cup of trembling, which is part of this. And we're going to talk about the Garden of Gethsemane a little bit and the the night before that's leading up to the arrest of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, Christ has had the Last Supper. He's been with his disciples, and now it's time for him to go into the garden to be arrested and ultimately to die on the cross for our sins so that he can be resurrected on the third day. But we're going to take a look at that Garden of Gethsemane scene and, and really understand the, the cup of trembling here today. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping items. Again, as usual, all of our scripture is going to come from the New King James Version of the Bible. Again, that's the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a New King James Version, like a hard copy, feel free to shoot me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am here to help you. I'm here more than happy to get you a copy of a, of a New King James Version Bible. And again, don't take my word for any of this, okay? Because again, you got to study to show yourself approved. You got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You really need to understand what God has for you in your life. But if you do want some help or you do want a little bit of discussion, feel free to drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am here to help. I want to make sure you grow. I want to make sure that you you continue to grow in Christ up into the true fullness of what he has for you, into the measure and the stature of him and who he is. Because at the end of the day, that's what the fivefold ministry is for. Remember in the book of Ephesians, Paul said that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers to build the church up and to build the saints up for the perfecting of the saints, to bring them up into the measure and the stature of who Christ is. Amen. And that's the whole goal behind the Path to Redemption podcast is that you continue to grow and that you continue to push forward in Christ Jesus and understand what it is to enter into Christ. And I just hope that I can help in, in any way, shape, and form. So with all that, let's go ahead and let's jump into scripture here. We're going to start from Matthew chapter 26, starting from 30, verse 36, and we're going to go through 46. So again, that's Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 36 through 46. And the Bible says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, O oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, 
your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So again, we see here that the cup of the Lord has been placed before him and before Christ, and that he has to drink this cup. But we also see here that Jesus really doesn't want to do this. He doesn't necessarily want to go through with this, right? But what does he say? He says, nevertheless, Lord, your will, not my will be done, but as you will, not as I will, but as you will, as it says in verse 39. And the whole reason is because Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified. He knew that he was going to be arrested, that he was going to be beat, that he was going to have the cat of nine tails to rip the flesh off his back. He knew he was going to have to carry his cross uphill with a crown of thorns on his head. And after all, and have his beard plucked out and all of these things. And after all of that, he knew that he was going to be nailed to that cross, lifted up above everyone else, and that ultimately he was going to suffocate. Because that's how you died in crucifixion. You ultimately, your rib cage would, would sink down on top of your lungs and that you would suffocate. And that's how he was going to die. And he knew why he was doing it. He knew he was doing it for the sins of all of humanity. He knew that he was doing it to reconcile mankind back to his heavenly father. He knew that he was the lamb that was, that was, that was going to be slain. But he knew all of this, right? And it, what happened is that it bothered him. And it caused him to drink from that cup of trembling. Because ne- never before had you seen Jesus in this type of vulnerable moment. And this is where Jesus Christ is, again, fully man and fully God. Why? Because any man that you're going to say, hey, you can go and die for this person, that person, right? And what are they going to do? What did Paul say? Paul says, scarcely will a man die for, or will anyone die for a righteous man or even for a good man? Is what Paul said in the book of Romans. So we have to understand here that Jesus Christ knew that he was going to die and he knew what was about to happen and it caused him great distress, right? So we see this a little bit differently in the gospel of Luke. In the gospel of Luke in chapter 22 and verse 39, he says, coming out, he went to the Mount of olives as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him when he came to the place he said to them pray that you may not enter into temptation and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying father if it is your will take this cup away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done then the angel an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him and being in agony he prayed more earnestly Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and he had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So, Look at this picture that Luke has here. You see that an angel had to come and actually strengthen him to be able to go forward through what he was about to go through. Because keep in mind, the fullness of the wrath of God was about to be poured out on Jesus Christ because he had to be the sacrifice and he had to be the atonement in order for us to exit from the Old Testament into the New Testament of grace. Amen? He had to be the mediator 
mediator for it, and he had, but there, and he had to be the testator for it. But as it says in the book of Hebrews, until the testator dies, there cannot be a testament. Amen. We have to understand that it is the will of God. It was Jesus Christ's last will and testimony that we may go and be reconciled to to the Father. But you have to understand here that Jesus Christ, in verse forty-four, it says that he was in agony. He was in agony about what was going to happen. And he prayed more earnestly, so earnestly, in fact, that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about being so concerned about what's coming up and so and and so so knowing everything that was happening and knowing that you're going to have to walk through this that an angel has to come down and strengthen you that you're in such agony that your sweat turns to blood and ultimately drops to the ground. This is the weight that was on Jesus Christ whenever he was about to go to the cross. Okay, so what does any of that have to do with anything? Because ultimately, remember, Jesus said that that same cup that he drank from, we are going to drink from, right? So what happens to us is that we see ourselves, and God may enlighten us, and God may tell us of a of a story or of something that's going to happen in our lives, and then ultimately we wait in anxiousness, similarly to this, that this is going to happen and that we're going to have to walk through it. And I'll give you a, a good example. And I'm going to use my mom as an example here. When my mom first got breast cancer when I was 18 years old, the Lord told her three months before that, Sharon, you're going to get breast cancer. And ultimately, it worried my mom tremendously. And she had a little bit of anxiety over it. And she had concerns over it. And she prayed about it. And she wanted to know what was going to happen. And then ultimately, what happens is she ends up with breast cancer. So she gets the breast cancer, and then the Lord orders her through that. The Lord tells her exactly what's going to happen. The Lord says that, you know, they, they're they going to want you to have a mastectomy, but don't do it. I don't want you to do that. I want you to just walk through it, but do not have a mastectomy. So you know what mom does? She walks right through it, does not have a mastectomy, but she goes through the pain of radiation, through the pain of chemo, through all of that pain and all of that trial to come out on the back end right clean as a whistle and completely cancer free in that breast now my mom had to go through this three times and god didn't tell her everything every single time she didn't know what was going to happen every single time that she had cancer but here's the point of all of this though is that the first time she knew what was going to happen she she was shaking in her boots the way that jesus christ was here too in the garden of gethsemane and she had to ultimately walk through it because it was the purpose and the will of god now, again, everything that happens in your life, there is a purpose for, and there is a there is a reason for it, okay? No matter what happens, I truly, truly believe that, okay? Now, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be sunshine and roses, but we have to understand what God wants us to learn, and we have to understand what God needs from us in order to go forward and to see our flesh die so that we can trust him again. So understanding all of this, we see Jesus Christ drinking from the cup of trembling. Why? Because ultimately he is trembling in the garden of Gethsemane. Again, in Luke chapter 22, what's it say? In verse 41, it says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 
Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I can tell you this. I've never prayed to where my sweat turned to blood and, and fell on like drops to the ground. I've never been in that type of agony. And don't get me wrong. I've been through my trials and my tribulations. I've drank from this cup a couple of times and numerous times when I knew things were going to happen. But ultimately, I've never been to this level. Why? Because Jesus Christ was the one and he knew that he was going to bear the sins of the entire world and that his father was going to turn his back on him so that the fullness of the wrath of of God could be pushed on to Jesus Christ. Amen. So he drinks of that cup of trembling. So when do we see here the the cup of trembling and when do we when do we begin to see all of this? And it starts in Isaiah chapter 15 and starting at verse at verse 17, it says, Awake, awake, stand, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. You have drunk the dregs of the cup of trembling and drained it out. There is no one to guide her among all the sons she has brought forth, nor is there any who takes her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. These two things come to you. Who will be sorry for you? Desolation and destruction, famine and sword, by whom will I comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets like an antelope in a net. They're full of the fear of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. Therefore, please hear this, you afflicted and drunk, but not with wine. Thus says the Lord and your God, who pleads the cause of his people. See, I have taken out of your hand the cup of trembling, the dregs of the cup of my fury. You shall no longer drink it, but I will put it into the hands of those afflict you. Now, why does it? Why is this important? If you go back up into a little bit into the book of Isaiah and going back into verse 12, he says, I, even I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and of the son of man who will be made like grass? And you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have fear continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed, that he should not die in the pit and that his bread should not fail. But I am the Lord, your God, who divided the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth and I have covered you with the shadow of of my hand that I might plant the heavens, lay the foundation of the earth, and say to Zion, You are my people. This is a prophecy around specifically the Father establishing Zion or the or the people, the Jewish people, as his people. So you have to understand here that the Son of Man would be made to grass, and that we would understand that the cup that has been shared with us is one of trembling and one of destruction and of the fury. So you cannot have the cup of trembling without the cup of the fury of the Lord, which is one that we will talk about next week. And why is that? Because if there's nothing to to if there's no punishment, if there's nothing being handed out or nothing being doled out, then how can you be trembling for any of it? But we understand here that ultimately, even at this time, the the children of Israel were drinking from the cup of trembling, so that they could be drinking from the cup of the fury of the Lord, so that they can come back to Jesus Christ or come back to God, come back to God, and really come back to who He is. But the Scripture says here in verse 21, therefore, please hear this, you afflict and drunk 
but not with wine. You see, we're not drunk on the wine here, but what we are drunk on is our own sin, our own flesh, and our own desires and the things that we want. Because we have to understand that our self and our own flesh must go through this process, must go through these trials and these tribulations so that we can come out on the other side and be dealt with and be in a better position than what we were before. I've told you about my drinking where I've gone through this process, right? I've told you about when I was sitting on my front porch of my, my parents' house. I was smoking a cigarette. I looked down at it and I said, Lord, you don't want me to do this anymore. And Lord, you don't want me to drink anymore, but you're going to have to take it from me. And that's what's going to have to happen. Now, I won't lie to you and tell you that I, everything was hunky-dory after that. No. I went out that night, I got drunk, and then I never touched it again. Now, for me, I was anticipating going through and being tested through the cup of trembling because I was concerned about with what God was going to do to me in order to remove all of that from me because I had the basic of the understanding of the teaching of what it was to die to Christ. But ultimately, God took it instantly and showed me grace, which is another way that he can do it. You don't necessarily have to go through this. God can take it instantly, but you're going to have to walk through the other parts of it, the part that comes after the, the cup of trembling and the part that comes after the destruction and the cup of the fury of the Lord. You'll have to walk through the cup of astonishment and desolation, but you'll have to walk through the cup of redemption, which are, which is great, but ultimately God can do, do it either way. A lot of it depends on the way that God wants to. While he took it easily that way, my anger, I walked through a lot to get through that. And there was trembling there for me and there was me and I could see myself almost in the garden of Gethsemane and I was praying and I was saying, Lord, if there's any way for you to just take this from me, just take it. But no, I had to walk through it in order for God to deal with my anger in order for God, for me to learn what it was to be content in the situation that I was in, in order for me to learn that, to walk through everything with faith and patience. Why? Because when God's hand begins to move, it doesn't just move in one area, it moves in a whole bunch of areas. But it always starts with the cup of trembling. If you're going to go through the, the trial and the crucifixion of your flesh, there would not be a crucifixion, there would not be a, a cross without the Garden of Gethsemane. And why is that? Because Judas knew that Jesus was going to be in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he was going to be arrested there. We have this example for us so that we may understand that ultimately Jesus still walked according to the will of his God, even though he did not want to which is what we have to do, even though there's going to be things that we're not going to want to go through, things that we're not going to want to do, we still have to walk according to the will of our Heavenly Father, who is up in heaven. So understanding all of that again, we walk through the cup of trembling and we begin to drink from the cup of trembling. This is not easy. This is not easy one bit because you have to understand that ultimately your flesh is about to die. And when the flesh knows that it's about to die, it gets all types of concern, all types of concern. You know, I went to, to church this morning and, and there was a message and, and they were talking about the grace of God and how it covers all sin and, and all of that was great. But they never once talked about how to deal with your flesh. 
And don't get me wrong, like the grace of God is sufficient to cover us, right? But ultimately, it's the dealing with our flesh and the crucifixion of our flesh and the drinking of the cup of the Lord and starting with the cup of trembling that leads us into being raised up into the fullness of him. Because remember, we have to be baptized in his death to be resurrected into the fullness of life. And this is that first step. It's like this. If you remember when you were baptized and and you weren't exactly sure how it was going to go, there was anticipation when you walked down the steps into the baptismal or when you stepped over into the bathtub or however it happened, there was anticipation there. And you weren't sure exactly how it was going to go. But ultimately, when the minister dunked you and then came back up, you felt a refreshness and a newness. But that anticipation is what we're seeing here in the cup of trembling. But in the cup of trembling with Christ, we see it as agony, as agony and anticipation of what is coming. And this is what begins Jesus drinking from the cup of the Lord. It wasn't when he was beaten. That wasn't the beginning of it. That was the beginning of the the cup of the fury of the Lord. But the cup of trembling is the beginning of the cup of the Lord. And it was here in the Garden of Gethsemane that his passion began. That his road to redemption for us began. And we have to understand that. Okay, so because we're all going to walk through this. We're all going to take this in different aspects of our lives, in different areas of our lives. And there are times where you just aren't going to understand what's going on, right? I'll give you another example of, a, of my own personal thing is that I had, I, for three months, I had a migraine. And if you've ever had a migraine, it's, they're incredibly painful. But I had one for three straight months. And I was praying about it and I was asking the Lord to take it away from me, asking him to take it away, you know, and I couldn't understand the purpose of what he, why I was in so much pain and it was debilitating. It was so much pain constantly for three straight months. And at the beginning it started out light, but then it kept going further and getting, getting more painful and more painful and more painful. I went to doctors, I prayed and I asked the, and, and I was directed by the Lord to go ahead and go to the doctors. And I was in, and I, while I was in pain, I was nervous because I didn't know what they were going to find. Did I have a brain tumor? Was I going to have an aneurysm? Was some, what was happening in my head that could actually cause me to die instantly, even though I still felt like I had work for the Lord to do? So ultimately, I continue to go and I'm trembling because I don't know what's wrong. It's getting worse. I don't know what to do at this point. And all I feel is pain, pain, pain. And the doctors can find nothing wrong with me. Absolutely nothing wrong with me. And that is the cup of trembling. I was in agony. I was in agony. But ultimately, the thing is, though, is that the Lord wanted me to face my own mortality, to really see if I was going to trust him and really see if I was going to to follow him no matter what. And you know what? I did. And obviously it worked out for me because I'm still here. I'm able to do this podcast before you. But that is the cup of trembling in my own life being put into action as my flesh began to die. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the cup of the fury of the Lord next week. Look, I hope you got something out of this. I hope that you're understanding. I hope that you see the beginning of this, the beginning of the death of our flesh, the beginning of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ started in the Garden of Gethsemane when he drank from the cup of trembling and when he began to be arrested that night, ultimately to be taken before Pontius Pilate and everyone else. So look, I hope you got something out of it. It's a tough lesson, but this is ultimately something that we have to walk through. If we want our flesh to die, 
We have to walk through the cup of the Lord, and we have to walk through the cup of trembling. Amen. The song of the week this week, I got a two for one for you. The song is Hold Me Jesus. And the first one, if you want the original, you can go back to Rich Mullins in the 1993 album, A Liturgy, A Legacy, and A Ragamuffin Band. Um, his is a little different than, than uh, the 2006 cover by Big Daddy Weave that was on the album Every Time I Breathe. But the song is Hold Me Jesus. And the chorus just goes, Hold Me Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Um, great song. Really great song. Check it out. So again, Hold Me Jesus by either Rich Mullins from 1993 or Big Daddy Weave from 2006. Both versions are, are very, very good. But look, I, I hope you're understanding this. I hope you're getting this. Next week, we're going to talk about the cup of the fury of the Lord and how it was poured out on Jesus Christ through the crucifixion and how it would be poured out on us ultimately when our flesh begins to die as it's crucified with Christ. But until next week, again, sorry to show yourself approved. If you have any questions, drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I'm here to help you. But again, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.